I'm Michael Metter with Rushi Lane Farms in Nacogdoches, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas, agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We've got another week rolling, and I've got another episode rolling for you of Texas Ag Today. So jump on in with me. Buckle up. Let's take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, we've gotten some nice rains across the state over the last month or so, and it is showing up on the drought monitor that we get every week. A big reduction in the severity of Texas drought, although it is definitely not gone by any stretch of the imagination. We'll take a closer look at that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. We are being told to expect very strong cattle prices coming soon. But livestock producers in the Texas High Plains are also being advised to consider protecting themselves with a special insurance policy. I'm James Hunt and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today major decisions to be made by farmers before the South Plains cotton harvest later this fall. I'm Tom Nicoletti and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. This summer in Texas was brutal on people as well as it was on plants. Please join me John Begno as we talk about the beginning of fall soon to come. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets coming up. Rains over the last month have put a big dent in the drought situation here in Texas. USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey says the most recent drought monitor shows a drastic reduction in drought levels. I really want to focus in this month on Texas. This is one of the hardest hit states this year in terms of agricultural drought and heat-related impacts. And as we started the month of August, 97% of the Lone Star State was considered to be in drought. But under relentless rainfall for especially the second half of the month, we saw drought coverage in Texas decreasing then to 62% by September 6th. So a dramatic 35-point decrease in drought coverage in Texas. And then if you look at those two high-end drought categories, categories in Texas, even more dramatic decrease in the extreme to exceptional drought, the D3s and D4s from just under two-thirds of the state, 62% in early August, down to just 9% by early September. And those rains have come even in the driest areas of the state. James Oliver is a cattle producer near Ozona in southwest Texas. We've been very blessed. It's been spotty, but if, if you were under the cloud, it's, it's been good. One place is an inch to two four. Another place is uh, in about two weeks of rain is four and a half to ten inches. So, yes, we've been we've been very fortunate. We've been blessed. And at least the rain came in time to grow some late season forage. We should grow some forage, and it should be pretty good quality. We've probably got another week and a half to two weeks of, of true growing season, and it's it's really trying right now. It looks good. Obviously, it's not a drought buster, but it's going to give us a chance to get through the fall and winter, so it's, it's kind of nice. 
Oliver says he may cull a few of his older cows soon to make sure he has enough feed to get through the winter. And those cull cows should bring good money, according to Texas A&M livestock economist David Anderson. He says the cull cow market took a hit with those record sale barn runs after the 4th of July, but prices are much better now. Well, it rebounded after that 4th of July, you know, after the 4th of July when so many uh, cattle went to market, particularly because of the extreme heat in combination of, of lack of rainfall, prices rebounded. They rebounded back higher than they were last year. You know, I think what that speaks to is a continuing good beef demand, even though I think there's evidence that consumers are switching sort of away from steaks and into more ground beef. And that's certainly where a lot of our cow beef goes is to to ground beef. We all like a good hamburger. And so that demand, that consumer demand part for ground beef has stayed with us. And I think that's supporting our cow prices. Anderson says cow slaughter has now topped the levels that we saw back in 2011 by 8,000 head. The experts tell us higher cattle prices are on the way, but James Hunt tells us it may be prudent to protect yourself with a special insurance policy. At various extension meetings around the Texas High Plains, cattle raisers are being encouraged to consider an insurance product referred to as LRP, Among those advocating LRP is Rachel Myers with Myers Crop Insurance and Claude. LRP, which is the Livestock Risk Protection Program, is an insurance policy that we can write as insurance agents that essentially is putting a floor in cattle, whether that is unborn livestock. So if you're a producer that has not even started calving yet and wants to protect a price, you know, out in the spring, if you are someone in the feeder market buying cattle to go on wheat or just your cow-calf producer, we've got a product that we can go in and put a price floor under those cattle and help, you know, just protect some long-term risk. And Meyer says visiting with an insurance agent about this price protection is a good idea for livestock producers, even though the cattle market is expected to be really strong over the next year or so. As we all know, even though sometimes things are predicted to go higher, we don't always see that happen. You know, economists will always use the term black swan. You know, the one thing we didn't see coming, whether that's, you know, continued pressure from a recession, um, inflation, there's tons of things that should be driving these prices higher, but may come back. And, you know, you don't want to be that producer that has a load of cattle ready to sell the week that the price does go south. And this just gives you that comfort and peace of mind. You can sleep good at night knowing that you did the right thing. You know, if you can jump out there and protect $500 ahead from purchase price to sell price right now, why would you not do that? Meyer says LRP contracts can go as long as 52 weeks and can be purchased daily. We have those prices typically by 4.30 p.m. each day, and that price is valid until 9 a.m. the following morning, and we do sell on Saturday mornings as well. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. There are some decisions to be made before the Texas Southern Plains cotton harvest gets underway. Tom Nicoletti has more. Although some rain has fallen over the Texas South Plains recently, the overall prospects for this year's drought-stricken cotton crop are not good. Here is cotton producer Lloyd Arthur, who farms near Rawls. So Lloyd, when it comes to harvest time for your cotton, uh, some uh, big decisions are needing to be made. Yes, Tom. The outcome of a uh, insurance adjustment on some of this dry land and some irrigated and, and bow count, once those decisions are made, it's going to be difficult when harvest comes around. Do we wait on that freeze or do we wait uh, and go ahead and get that crop harvested and use some uh, defoliants? That's going to be a, a field-by-field, farmer-by-farmer management being made decision. Once those decisions are made, you know, it's all economic 
economics. Harvest could be quick or it could be long and drawn out depending on what kind of decisions are made. Moving forward, the Crosby County farmer is optimistic that the recent rain and the hope for subsequent fall rains will be beneficial for the latter portion of 2022 going into 2023. Oh yes, most definitely, Tom. It's a blessing looking forward because this area didn't have any grazing for last year. So we're seeing now the potential of getting some wheat uh, sowed and having some areas in this area that uh, future grazing for some cattle. A lot of folks in this area, like in Central Texas, have sold off their cattle because we didn't have anything. So we can see some of that coming back, hopefully, if we can get a wheat crop established. Plus, this rainfall is a benefit for next year's crop. It's going to get into that lower profile. Something that we did not have coming into 22 was soil moisture in the profile. Is it enough yet? No. We're a long way from getting where we need to be, but it's a great start. That's Texas South Plains farmer Lloyd Arthur. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. It was a brutal summer, but San Angelo horticulturalist John Begno says fall is on the way. Here we are now in early September, and we did have a pretty brutal summer that was tough on people and plants, and we're starting to get prepared for fall, and we're feeling that the temperatures are moderating. We're seeing moisture fall in some parts of Texas, so plants can respond to that. There are some that will not respond to that. There are dead trees in East Texas because of the dry, hot weather. It happened in 2011. It did again in 2022. And not much we can do about that, but prepare to take those types of plants down. Our turf grass, on the other hand, had a real up and down season. There were times that it performed well and others that it just was very stagnant. That's not unusual when it's in the hundreds, humidities are low, and these summer turf grasses require water. So what you're looking at now is trying to get those in the best condition you can for fall and into the winter. Fertilizer is your first thing. What you do there is you put a fall application of fertilizer down, water it in. It takes two to three weeks for it to respond. If you do it in September, you have plenty enough warm days for it to respond. And if it will do that, it'll get deep roots. It'll be tough. You'll be able to cover those areas that maybe did thin out because of the heat, and it'll be in good condition for the winter. And again, grass is an important part of landscapes. Don't just believe everything you read that we need to take grass out of landscapes. It's good for erosion control. It's also going to cool, especially urban areas, because of the urban heat environment that we see. There are a lot of benefits to turf grass, not to mention the pleasure we get from seeing grandkids play in it. So keep it as healthy as you can by going into the fall. Remember, don't cut it too short. It likes to be on the tall side going into winter. And the deadlines. It's getting a little bit late to plant St. Augustine and Bermuda, which is which are southern grasses. So you might have a month in most areas of Texas to get it in and establish before winter comes. Reporting from San Angelo for Texas Ag Today, this is John Begno. Early Canada goose hunting season is now underway. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. And horses have a lot of different facial expressions. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today.
When we moved to Texas, we were like fish out of water. We didn't know anyone in our neighborhood until our Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent came to the house. She was so helpful and reassuring, a friendly face with that Texan hospitality I'd heard about. When we purchased a Texas Farm Bureau insurance policy, we knew we were making the right choice. We knew our family would be protected. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to find an insurance agent who's a true neighbor. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Horses have a lot of different facial expressions, and Dr. Bob Judd says we can now interpret what some of those expressions mean. The horse grimace scale has allowed researchers to identify and analyze facial expressions. The scale was designed to measure the amount of muscular tension held in six discrete facial action units visible by looking at the horse's facial profile from the side. The six are stiffly backward ears, orbital tightening around the eyes, tension above the eye area, prominent strained chewing muscles, mouth strained and pronounced chin, strained nostrils, and flattening of the profile. Each facial action unit is scored 0 to 2, and the higher the number, the more tension that is noted. So a horse could have a total score of 12 over 12, indicating high levels of muscular tension across the face, and this likely indicates a higher degree of pain. Using muscular tension to determine equine stress was first reported by a researcher, Ellen Rankins, from Rutgers University. The masseter muscle is the main muscle that closes and opens the lower jaw, and it is primarily on the side of the horse's face. By using surface electromyography, this muscle was found to have significant changes in test results when the horse was under stress. The horse grimace scale was tested on eight gildings to determine levels of stress experienced in a program for veterans with post-traumatic stress disorder, or PTSD. In the study, four horses were involved in the program, and the other horses were used as controls and were not involved in the program. Photographs were taken of the horses' faces before, during, and after the program. We know that equine-assisted programs help humans, but there was a concern about stress on the horses. The study showed that using horses in equine-assisted programs did not cause stress in their lives. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Early Canadian goose season is now underway. Jessica Domel has more in today's wildlife report. Early Canada goose hunting season is now open. The season opened on Saturday for the East Zone and will run through the 25th. The regular light and dark goose hunting season doesn't open until November, but Kevin Cry, waterfowl program leader for the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, says goose hunting will likely be best in areas with more available fresh water especially to places like the Texas Panhandle. Those birds have really, really adapted to humans as of late, and most of their roosting overnight and during the day is now occurring inside city limits of the larger cities and even the smaller cities. Almost every single town in the High Plains has a, a city park or an affluent pond or something like that that they can go in and get that protection and sanctuary and then still fly out to the fields twice a day for food. And so in parts of the state, it's kind of been drought proof because there's always available water in those urban environments like in Lubbock and Amarillo and Plainview and Hereford. There's a bunch of birds that stay inside the city limits. Areas that are still feeling the impacts of the drought may see fewer birds than areas that received more rainfall. That's going to be extremely impactful for Texas goose hunters if there's not uh, abundance of available waters. 
Fortunately, many areas have seen rain over the past few weeks, and that has improved waterfowl habitat. During this early Canada goose hunting season, the daily bag limit is five birds. Legal shooting hours are one half hour before sunrise to sunset. Again, this early Canada goose hunting season is only for the areas in the east zone, that is east of Bowie, Fort Worth, San Antonio, and Laredo. A map of the exact zone is available in the Outdoor Annual and on OutdoorAnnual.com. The regular goose hunting season opens November 5th. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. Live cattle, cotton, and corn all started the week higher in Monday's trade. We'll take a look at all of Monday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Trains are everywhere. You should always expect one, even on private property. Only cross tracks at designated crossings that fit your equipment. If you don't fit, don't commit. Whatever you're operating, secure your load, raise your equipment, and avoid getting stuck or causing damage. Minimize distractions. Remember, noisy equipment drowns out the sound of a train. Unless you're crossing, always keep a safe distance from train tracks. Look. Listen. Live. For more info, go to OLI.org. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. The cattle complex went in different directions to kick off the week in Monday's trade. Live cattle closed higher, while a higher corn market put pressure on the feeder cattle market. October live cattle up 7, closing at 145.75. December up 37, 151.35. February live cattle up 20 at 155.55. Feeder cattle lower with September feeders down $1.47, 181.52. October feeder cattle down $2.45 at 183.12. November down $202, 184.80. Cash fed cattle market all quiet to kick off the week, no sales to report. Boxed beef was mixed on Monday, choice up $2.12 at $2.59.38. Select down $74, $233.99. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Doug Bass from Cattleman's Brenham has an exciting announcement for us, Doug. Yes, sir, Mr. Larry. Uh, my partners and I, uh, Scotty Schwartz, Cody Cherney, myself, we've, we've purchased the Columbus Livestock Auction. We're uh, very excited about it. Man, we really like to invite everybody out to come see us. We're moving our sales to Wednesday. Uh, we will start selling cattle at 11 a.m. Man, we're just really excited. And want everybody to come see us and, and just want to let everybody know we're here to help y'all any way that we can. So if you folks have liked the family-owned and operated Cattleman's Brenham, y'all are going to love the new family-owned and operated Cattleman's Columbus Livestock Auction. Doug, tell everybody how to get a hold of you and then remind them of the day change and receiving pins that are associated with that auction. Uh, my phone number is 979-877-4454. Call me anytime. You can call the office, 979-732-2622. Uh, like I said, we are changing the day from Thursday. We're going we're gonna to start selling on Wednesday, uh, and it'll start at 11 a.m. We will start there on September the 14th. Uh, be our first sale. We will have a set of receiving pins in Weimar with Mr. Poppy there off I-10. You can reach him 979-732-7289. We're going to be down there in Damon, Texas. We're going to be down there at, right off uh, Highway 1462 and North Road. Uh, we've got a set of pins there with Jeremy Baser. If y'all need to get a hold of Jeremy, you can call him at 979-799- 
5693. I've been on the line with Doug Bass from Cattleman's Columbus Livestock Auction. His new endeavor, along with the original Cattleman's Brenham, now the new owners of Cattleman's Columbus. Of course, they're located out there at 2000 Reese Lane. Their mailing address will remain the same, P.O. Box 1059, Columbus 78934. We appreciate you giving us the information, and we're proud for you and wish you all the luck in the world. Yes, sir. Walking the pens, neighbors, thanks for listening. I'm Larry Marble. We'll be back tomorrow right here on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Good day. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now where lean hogs finished lower on Monday. October hogs down $1.30, 91.87. December hogs down 35 cents at 82.77. Class 3 milk was higher. September milk up 9, 1988 100 weight. October milk up 70 cents at 21.63 100. The cotton market closed higher despite a very bearish USDA WASDE report released Monday morning. USDA increased the 2022 cotton crop after that big 3 million bale decrease back in August. They upped it by 1.26 million bales to 13.83 million. Domestic carryout jumped 900,000 bales, now sits at 2.7 million bales. But despite that bearish news, the market ended up closing higher. December cotton up 87 points, 105.71, the March up 92 at 102.37, December 23, cotton up 96 cents, 83.93 cents. The corn market got a boost from that USDA report. They reduced U.S. ending corn stocks down from 1.38 billion bushels to 1.219. They also reduced the planted acreage number, dropped it by 1.2 million acres. So that helped to boost corn prices. September corn up 13 and three quarters, 712 and a quarter. December corn up 11, 696 and three quarters. Not much moving in the wheat market, uh, especially the hard wheat market. It closed mixed with July Kansas City wheat up one and a half, 917 and three quarters. But the soft wheat market did drop lower. July down eight and a half at 875 and a half. In the energy markets, October natural gas up 36 cents at 836. October crude oil up $1.19, 87.98 a barrel. The financial markets higher on Monday afternoon. The Dow up 184 points, 32,336. The Nasdaq up 141 at 12,248. The S&P up 38 points, 4,103. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. My name's Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A., Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.